Okay, Patrick. Sarah, how are we doing today? I mean, I'm great. I'm engaged. I can't even see Finally. you. Finally. Because the reflection and off your hand. Ring. I know Ring. I know you can't see it via <laughs> podcast, but uh, her ring is massive. I have a big ring. That's like what? 1.2 million? Um, no, absolutely not. Oh. No. I got like the steal of a century. Um, Did you steal the ring? <laughs> I actually kind of felt that way. Major deal. Um, I don't even know if it's real, but I don't care. I just feel like I love it. It's very nice. Thank you. So you feel like you're now really officially engaged? Um, No. I mean, I feel like I already am married. But maybe things will change when we actually get married. Maybe when we <laughs> sign will. the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I, so here's the thing. You know, because we've talked about it on your show, on this podcast, that I'm unconventional, right? So we've already planned the wedding. We've, like, bought the wedding dress. We, like... All the flowers are done. The whole thing's already planned. But we didn't have When you say you, like you planned it together or you were planning these things on your own? No, planned it together. Oh, wow. We decided like last fall. Because don't, don't like most women who think they're going to eventually get engaged start in their mind planning what their wedding might be? See, I think a lot of women do, but I never really thought about it. And in fact, initially we were not even going to have any sort of... We weren't going to have like a wedding. We were just going to like get married, go away, maybe just like our immediate, like our moms, so brothers I heard and sisters. He, I heard he proposed at your favorite uh, tulip spot. <laughs> okay, the proposal needed some work. Um, <laughs> however, I feel like. Was it actually your favorite spot? No. Um, so <laughs> I know. I So Sunday morning, right, we get up and we usually don't like because he coaches soccer. Right. So he's like a lot of weekends. He's away. So but he had that morning and he was like, oh, hey, I really want to go for a walk. Let's go for a walk. And I'm going to take you to one of the, you know, our favorite spots. And I love this spot, you know. So I'm like, OK, I'm getting engaged. So I'm going to brush my teeth, you know, like because <laughs> like, I really wasn't going to. But I was like, all right, well, so we walked down to this tulip garden that's between the Iwo Jima War Memorial and um, Arlington National Cemetery that overlooks That's some the symbolism city. for a marriage <laughs> between a war. I a agree. War. I was like, oh. plus I didn't think that was our favorite spot in D.C. Like I thought he was taking me to maybe like the restaurant that we had our first date at or you know we love to like go wow. and I mean one of our favorite spots is Robert E. Lee's house at um, Arlington National Cemetery but then I feel like mm, you can't really get married you can't get engaged at Robert E. Lee's house so. post that up I with guess. a confederate flag yeah that isn't happening no. um, but what we enjoy is overlooking the city yeah is the beautiful view in Arlington so it was nice so it was very nice and now we're engaged Exciting. So there it is. There it is. There's the story. Well, at least he didn't propose the day before the wedding. Um, that's true, because he'd actually threatened that yeah. on August 9th. And it is funny. I mean, people do, like, knowing my personality, people are like, the war memorial is fitting. Because, I mean, you know, he's probably, like, <laughs> losing the battles, but hopefully going to win the war. <laughs> like, like, it's just... It's uh, survival <laughs> of the fittest. I'm like, okay, you know what? For us, it's perfect. Good. Oh, so congrats. anyway, thank you. I, you know, I have learned that lesson. I would not plan a wedding before being engaged ever again. I mean, I've seen pictures of Dan be previously, but not a lot. So yeah. you posted with obviously with him, which yes. is nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> I consider just like, dude, is this like really self-centered if I just post me with a ring, like, but no fiance? Hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that would good. be not good. He's opposite. You know, he wants, he's not in the public eye at all. And of course, I would share every detail that happened to us, but 
Does that bother him at all? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, see, he's losing some battles, so he's hoping. <laughs> I, so we'll I see he has the out. same hairstyle as I do. He does. He does. Completely bald. You, you guys have the basically the <laughs> yeah, same, same look. Like, same face, same head, like completely bald beard going on. So So he's a good looking guy. He's a good looking guy. So <laughs> finally was on social. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Joe Biden through Joe his Biden. in the ring. Sleepy Joe is in. Sleepy Joe is in. Rod Rosenstein is leaving. Which we knew. He yeah, just, I guess that wasn't really yeah, all that big. As soon as the news. Mueller report was over, he had Said he was going to resign. So we'll we'll talk about all that stuff. The Democrats um, are still insane with all the investigations and threatening subpoenas and William Barr and. Okay, well, what's the latest? Because I feel like a lot of it had died down since we talked last week. Dems seem to be divided about even. I mean, there isn't any more impeachment talk, really, is there? I think. Well, yes and no. I think Joe Biden actually brought it up today or yesterday, saying that if Trump. If the Trump administration and Trump himself continue to block the House Judiciary investigations, okay. that unfortunately that would lead to them having to start impeachment, the impeachment process. It's not going to happen. You know, there's no. Impe- it, I have this theory where I, I actually think Trump might want to for them to start impeachment process. I, okay, keep going. I feel like you could be right because this uh, probably helps. Because I think it helps him. Correct. Yeah. I really do. I think it helps him. I just like I think the um, he I, I in his mind I think <laughs> because I think it'll keep the focus on on that. He could talk about witch hunt and all the other stuffs and drain the swamp and they're after me and and uh, and rally the base even more. Um, not that I, I just don't think the Dems will go there. I think Pelosi will at in will the end be smart enough bo- to. I think he, she's given. I think she's giving her members enough enough freedom to to maybe mention it potential, but in the end, it won't happen. So Joe Biden, you you tweeted out a poll. But I just want to say this. Yeah, keep going real quick. So William Barr, Attorney General, is supposed to testify on Thursday in front of the House Judiciary on the Mueller report. Okay. And there's a battle going on between the DOJ bar and the House uh, ranking members because uh, they want, in addition to each member to question him for five minutes, they want staff attorneys, both Democrat for a half hour and Republican for a half hour, to also interview him. He's refusing. He said that he will not testify now Jerry Nadler, who's obviously the ranking chair, is threatening to subpoena him. The way William Barr has been treated in this process, to me, speaks to how lost the Democrats are on what's really going on in this country. And it's, I don't, I mean, unless you're extremely partisan, I think if you're objective in the middle, you, you have to look at how William Barr came in late in the game on this, how he was very transparent, how he put out a four-page summary, turned over a, a pretty open Mueller report except for redactions that he was legally required to, to, to put in place. He has a history of being extremely fair. I just... I heard a, I heard a congressman actually calling him chicken. He's chicken to testify. Really, 
to stop like lo- Why do you like think a loser congressman from some small district like this is the attorney general he's been he was the attorney general years ago he's highly respected it's it's i don't know it's just um why do you think he doesn't tiresome. want to testify he just feels like everything's already out there he's the attorney general. I think he just feels that he shouldn't have to answer questions with lawyers. He's willing to testify. Listen, the House Oversight Committee, that's their job. Right. Okay, so he's willing to testify. Now they're trying to take it another layer and have attorneys interview him. Okay. What? What's this, a game of gotcha? I mean, by the way, like, these people have spent hours, hours, and hours putting together this report. I mean, the Mueller, right. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and you know, yeah, hours. And, inve- to, and and for people to say that Trump is blocking this, I mean, he gave unfettered access to all his documents. He didn't redact anything from a White House privilege perspective. He didn't tell any of his people not to, to talk. I mean, we've talked about this. Right, right. I just, I, I just, I, I find it mind boggling sometimes where these people are coming from. The, uh, the economy just came out this week. The GDP was 3.2%. You know, the previous administration said, oh, they'll never get over two and a half. Well, 3.2, unemployment at the lowest rate. Uh, article came out today how it's the highest it's the highest percentage since 2002 that people are happy with their finances. Really? Yeah. Manufacturing jobs are up. I just, I listened to Biden's speech yesterday. He, he, his first major rally was in Pittsburgh. He got endorsed by the firefighters union. Okay. You know, Union Joe, whatever. It sounded like a speech from 1995. In that middle class, if if Joe Biden thinks he's going to win on the economy, assuming the economy continues even close to where it is now, he's mistaken. It, like I don't understand. Like they have to have a different message. They have to have a different message to win. And you also tweeted the poll. I thought that was fascinating. I mean, already Joe Biden's in the lead. Um, in the I think he's lead, got like the CNN, the CNN poll came out today. He was at thirty nine percent. Thirty nine. Keep in mind that's with twenty candidates. No, wait. The, this is is this like against the Demo- other Democratic yeah. candidates, yeah. right? Okay, I mean, so the, it's not against closest, Trump. It's the closest. The next closest, I think, was Sanders at fifteen. Yeah. And then it was uh, Buttigieg, I think, at seven. Or war- I'm sorry, Warren at eight, Buttigieg at seven. No, then, then it was yeah, maybe O'Rourke at six, Kamala Harris at five, Kamala Harris at five. So, I was shocked. I mean, he has. I mean, it's way early. You have a year right. to go at least. Yeah, um, CNN was reporting um, Biden has more than is more than twenty points ahead of his nearest yeah. competitor, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, who holds fifteen percent pers- uh, support in the polls. Yeah, I mean, it's, two, it's almost two and a half Warren. times. Are you surprised that Warren, Elizabeth Warren, has 8% though? That's kind of amazing. Ahead of... I think think this proves a few things, what what we have been saying collectively. Most Americans are not progressive or socialist. They're certainly not socialist, and I don't even believe they're progressive. I believe they may have some progressive ideas, which is is fine. But in the end, I don't believe they're progressive. I don't believe wiping out debt... Free this, free that. Bernie Sanders, I think, ended his campaign when he said it would be okay for the Boston Marathoner to vote. You do really? Yeah. You think that? Like, you think that's had a bigger impact than than yeah. we think? Yeah. So a poll came out yesterday saying that n- 
I think it was seventy nine percent of Americans I did were that. against that. Disagree with him. Disagree with him. I mean, it's little things like that, you know, what, that makes you think. What else is this guy thinking? It's not just that comment because that comment speaks volumes. But then it's what else does this guy think is okay? Open well, board. I mean, you start going to open borders. That like, you start, you know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, when I heard that. This country is center left, center right. It's that simple. Still is. Yes, I think certain ideas and, and some in a good way have moved more left. But at the end of the day, I, I do believe that if people are employed, people have jobs, wages are up, manufacturing jobs are up, it's going to be tough to beat him. It's going to be tough to. I mean, look, I'm not a fan of it, but I agree with you. I mean, obviously, Trump's been tweeting at Biden, and he said something. Hey, Sleepy Joe, it's great that the dues sucking union leaders of the firefighters union are endorsing you, but the rank and file are going to vote for me. Which you know what? He might be right. (laughs) He might be right. And the the tweets continue. Yes. Yeah. Um. No, I actually agree with you on that. I think that's, I do think what is the Democrats, you know, what is their agenda going to clearly be that can defeat Trump, especially because I agree with you. I think, I don't agree with it, but I think short-sighted Americans are concerned about the economy. If if money is good, they're working, there's opportunities to make money, and everywhere you go, there's literally a help wanted sign. You know, it's- I think someone like Biden- distracted by that. If he's- I mean, I'm assuming he's a smart guy. I, I think your pitch is this. It's hard for him because he was in the Obama administration, right? So I don't know how you do this politically, but it's something to the effect. The economy's roaring. Like, I th- he said some of this. You know, the Wall Street, the, the stock market's way up. Wages for the higher income earners are up, but the middle class is being left behind. Well, that's not necessarily true. But you could make the case yeah. that it's okay that some of his policies have worked. So, but you could you need to explain how you'll expand on that, how you'll keep the momentum going. Right. right. And by the way, I'm a much better person. You could have a human element, and I'm to speaking it. for Biden here. You could have a human, compassionate person in the White House. That could work. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I, I, I think that's how you have to do it. Um, yeah. And get those women, m- moderate females, who maybe have voted for Obama, then went to Trump, who are still, you know, conflicted in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, and so forth. I think they're more apt to go Joe Biden. I think oh, anyone I else, yeah. it's over. I just think it's over. I th- that's really tough. I mean, I am a Sanders fan, but I, I understand. I feel like you've yeah. got to appeal to the general public, and I'm not sure. I don't know that he. I I think he had that, you know, in 2016. But I think now it's. I don't know. You can recreate that. I think he had. I think his window has come and gone. I know. It's really. It's going to be interesting to see. Well, we've been talking yeah. about it, so it looks like Joe Biden. Obviously, now it's official. he's in. I think it's good for. I think it's good for the country that he's in. I think it'll be a battle. I think internally it'll be a battle. And I also think it, it's interesting and, you know, real quick and we can move on. But <clears throat> listen to some of the pundits out there, political pundits. I think they're missing the boat on this. They keep talking again about 
well, Joe's going to have to reconcile Anita Hill. Joe's going to have to reconcile his crime bill that he passed, you know, 30 years ago. Joe's going to have to reconcile his relationship with Strom Thurmond. Joe's going to have, I don't think he's going to. I think he reached out to Anita Hill. He had the conversation. Right. However, when it went, he's moved on. I think he is, um, because I think he's not progressive enough to beat the progressives. So I think he has to stay in the middle. And I think he believes, and I agree with him, that this country is more left center than the progressives believe. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting how it all unfolds. And I think the way it rolls out, Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina gives him a distinct advantage. This isn't California, Colorado, you know, more progressive leaning states out of the gate iowa and by the way he's biden's the the um a gallup poll came out specifically for new hampshire okay and i believe biden's up 10 points on sanders in new hampshire which obviously is right next to vermont so well i think you're right i mean ultimately i think but it's a a long long way to go right and Sanders right now, I think, is being portrayed as uh, such a socialist, they, <laughs> even though I don't I, I, I applaud, like, the 19, 20 people on the run, 17 people ran four years ago for, for the Republicans. I, I just think you start getting below Camilla, Kamala. Yeah. This thing's over for all, like, Booker and yeah, Gildebrand. Right, right, right. They don't even seem to be... They're not even resonating. Yeah. Like... Klobuchar, who I actually like. Yeah. <laughs> there goes my pick. <laughs> yeah, she's way down there with like 2% or 1%. Yeah, I just, I think it's time to get out. Yeah. Already they just, <laughs> yeah. I love it. They just entered. They just entered. Like, I know. Well, you've got to, don't you feel like now? I mean, I mean, Trump is such a huge personality. You've got to have not two people leap, that are big. You're I not going to leap 10 people. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I got yeah. in two months ago. Now I'm out. Yeah. Like, don't waste our time. <laughs> you have zero chance of winning. Zero. Um, talk to me about White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yes. You, you tweeted out an interesting article about basically how Trump has taken away the shine from that. Yeah. Of course, in this town, it used to be the White House Correspondents' Dinner was a huge deal. Big celebrities from George Clooney. Everybody would come for that. Now it's, you know, completely faded. I think there was like a alternate White House Correspondents' uh, Dinner this year. So where are you out with it? And Trump obviously doesn't go. Okay, so... I think I need to stay, take a little step back on this to explain my thoughts on it real quick. I, I, I do not, and I've said it before, I don't think journalists by any means, since we are in the media, I'm not a journalist, but by any means are the enemy of the people. I think it's, it's, it's shameful that the president says that. I think it's shameful that um, he continues to use that type of rhetoric. Having said that, I do think there is a lot in the media, many in the media, and a lot who call themselves journalists right. who would would be wise to self-critique themselves and how we got here. Because I do think there's a lot of bias. There's a lot of partisanship. And unfortunately, I think in the Trump era, there's a lot of people who report or have reported hoping a story was true. And for journalists, even at the White House Correspondents, so I know I, I saw the president of the White House Correspondents uh, 
Association spoke and was very critical of Trump, and rightly so in many cases. But at the same time, I think he could have used that as an opportunity to say, we need to stay the course. We need to stay fact-based in the middle. Don't let emotions right. dictate how you report. I think Trump was right in not going, even though I think some of it is his fault based on his rhetoric. At the same time, I think the dinner lost its way to star studded. I think the, you know, it's a fundraiser lost its message. Lost the meaning of that really. Even and you I forget think the actually comedians got harsh. I think how the, you and I talked about, I think Michelle, Michelle Wolf, Wolf was, was a way, way out of line last year was downright mean and cruel. And, um, so I don't blame him for not going because there's no benefit from going. And, it's another example, and again, I preface this by saying I don't agree with his rhetoric on journalists by any means, but he won again. He won again. The dinner retracted. No more comedians. It was a historian this year. The dinner, I know how boring. So it, I, don't, I don't think it's strategic on his part, but he figures out how... <laughs> Maybe but, it's just by doing something so different. But I also think he, he taps into a lot of Americans are thinking about that dinner and maybe not openly. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, out in the middle of America didn't give Don't it a even l- care. Yeah. yeah. But if it came across their timeline or what happened or on the news, be like, Oh, look at these elitists in Washington. That's how they think. No, I, I think you're right. I think that Trump, Trump does a great job of tapping into middle America who oftentimes doesn't know who a lot of these celebrities and comedians are, don't care, are trying to get through life, feeding their families, putting their kids through school, you know, trying to get a better life for themselves. And the I, bubble, I the bubble is real. That. The bubble is real. Yeah, the, the I DC, don't disagree. West We're Coast elites. Yeah, is real. I told you when I was in North Carolina, no one was talking about the Mueller report. No one. I, look, I, I go to Maine often, so I get out of it. And yeah, I mean, we are. It's, it is coastal. And that's where I think Biden, back to Biden, I think that's Biden gets that. I do. I think Biden understands that. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you. I think there's more of a appeal to, you're right, to the people not in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Obama, he definitely got it his first term. I'm not sure he got it his second term. I think he became one of those oh, yeah, like Hollywood type people right the family and everything that went with that i think he kind of got swept up got swept in up that. In it. and i get it you're the president and that happens and go look at beautiful family you know obviously oh, why every celebrity wanted widely to be successful here. Yeah. great parents i mean i've said this a hundred times i didn't agree with obama's all his policies some of them i did agree with but a lot of his policies i didn't but he they certainly on the surface and continues appear to be a very well-grounded parents, family, raise their children, educated, worked hard. They weren't handed anything. Right. So it's, yeah, they, they they, definitely, they were very appealing. Right. Right. And I think Joe Biden fits that. He was a great dad. He obviously lost a son tragically. Two, oh my I God, two, yeah. Right? One younger. Oh yeah, I mean, and like to suffer like all the tragedy that he's had I, with losing I his think, wife. and So oh his story, his story and his background will resonate yeah. with middle class Midwest Rust Belt voters. I, can, sure. I, I actually agree with you. I think that's a really good strategy of I'm a better person. Because but they keep think, in mind, he has struggled twice 
in previous campaigns in the primaries. So we'll see. We'll see if he makes some mistakes. We'll see if the, the, the media core that follows all these candidates, do they really want Joe Biden? Are they going to allow it to happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, let's talk sports. Yes. NFL draft. Everybody yes. was talking about that um, this past week. You were tweeting about that. You had lots of thoughts. What were your takeaways well, I, from the? Well, f- well, just I thought Nashville looked, I mean, I was recently in Nashville. I thought it was yeah. amazing that it was the setup. I know exactly where they were set up. So it was kind of interesting to watch how they shut down the city. Looked like 100,000 people lining the, the streets. Um it's a big, it has big been for years yeah. and it continues to just grow and be a major production. Yeah. I mean, didn't they have like players that were drafted from here in DC, like a Thomas Jefferson Memorial? They had like live cameras. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm obviously like, the, the Redskins number one what? pick was, was from Bullis high school right here. Yes. Grew up here, went to Bullis, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I thought the Redskins had a great draft. You know, I'm not a huge Redskin fan, fan. Yeah. but I, they seem to get high marks on all their draft picks. So there was what I think what you're referring to real quick. I was there was a player who was drafted, and I I don't have his name in front of me, but he was from Mississippi State. He was uh, drafted in later in the first round, like the 16th, 18th, 20th pick, and uh, he had an unfortunate, um, unfortunately not, unfortunately, he uh, had a pretty significant, I guess, domestic, if you want to call it that. he was in high school. His um, sister and mother were fighting another woman in an outside area, um, and he ended up breaking the fight up, but got caught up in the emotion and ended up punching this woman who was on the ground. It's a pretty violent video, which is obviously awful. He either lost a scholarship somewhere and then had to take a year off. And Is it Jeffrey Simmons? Jeffrey Simmons. Okay, yes. yes. Thank you for looking that up. The footage of Titans draft pick hitting a woman. And it's awful. Criticism to the team. What I, found, what I found odd to me, though, was ESPN, the minute he was drafted, felt they needed to spend 15 to 20 minutes on providing context, how they didn't condone it. Who would condone that? I don't think that they need to say that. Uh, it was almost like they were trying to, the guy was just drafted. He right. was eligible for the draft. Okay. He did something horrible in his background. Yep. He's moved on from that. It was four years ago, three years ago. Yep. It was almost like ESPN went way, way, way overboard. And I, I saw, I, I saw hundreds and hundreds of tweets on this and articles on it, how they felt like ESPN was so afraid to talk about him just from a pure football standpoint. And I, I clear, clearly you have to mention that. But that's the first thing they discussed, the first thing they mentioned, and they went on. It was quite a while. Um, oh, basically the, discussing, yeah. That, yeah. So I, I, a lot of people had different opinions on that. And what, a lot of people, what, felt like it needed to be addressed? Or people were saying It needed saying to be like, addressed, but not right away. Like they felt they took the shine away from the kid being drafted. And they focused on that. Um but at the same time, I mean, I mean, clearly it's awful, awful footage. Yeah, so. the video is hard to watch. It, 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 and you're always torn, right? Because it's someone, it was in their youth, And they right? did say about 11 or 12 teams would not have ever drafted him. They took him off the board, it's called. So he, in their minds, he was non-draftable. Um, but at the same time, he played three more years or two more years at Mississippi State. And had State. no issues. No, apparently not. Um, so... 
I know it is always that thing of like, don't we believe people getting second chances? So, you know, at the same time, obviously the NFL in the past has had issues with domestic violence and players. And for a long time, it looks like, you know, they were minimally punished. So now you've swung the pendulum to the other side. To me, where I go is that video was in high school. How does any college even let him in? Mm-hmm. That's where I would have went. Like, yeah, to me, it falls on Mississippi that? State. I think he got a one-game suspension. That's it. Wow. But two years later, but the fact that he's eligible for the draft, it's a profession, he's eligible, move on. But we don't really, I mean, you know the backstory in the news, right? But essentially, maybe there was even more to the story if he was defending his mom, his sister. Like, maybe this was a domestic well, incident that had really gotten they were out trying of to get. They were trying to give it a lot of context yeah. to explain how he's moved on. But they kept apologizing for giving that context. Like, just tell the story, give the context, yeah. and move on. They That's kept little... they kept being afraid that it was going to come across that they were condoning what occurred. And uh, gotcha, you gotcha. See what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, they kept like yeah. overcompensating for Correct. that. Correct. Um, so this past weekend was a huge weekend in in cinema and film and um, and television. Yes. Game of Thrones. But so I'm confused. You ended up watching <laughs> Game of Thrones on Sunday night, but you don't watch the yeah, series. Yeah. So I'm gonna get hate mail right now, or hate emails, or hate tweets. Okay. Uh, I watched the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. Okay. I did not love it. It was okay. You didn't love season one. Season one's the best. Yeah, it, was, it was good. It's and then amazing. I drifted, and I, uh, I know the characters. Well, not all the characters, but but I don't know all. You know, obviously a lot has occurred in the thirty plus episodes that I've missed. But I did watch the last forty minutes last of night. Sunday actually, not. Of- I ended up watching it last night okay. of the end battle and fight scene, and because the reason I did, by the way, everyone on Twitter was talking about how dark it was, how you couldn't see it, how True. poorly it was directed. Our own Kevin McCarthy, who loves Game of Thrones, crushed it, said it was poorly scripted, corny, um, for for a major fight scene, kind of the entire series culminating and ending. He just thought it was poorly directed, poorly scripted, poorly wow. shot. He crushed it. And then all the other, you know, all the Game of Thrones, like, diehard believers were like killing him so I, I felt I wanted to watch it for myself and he was right it was dark corny but they were supposed I feel like that was to give you context of like how difficult the battle was it was like and there was very little dialogue which was kind of interesting that's hard to do but you have let little me dialogue see, let me see it like you could you don't even know who was fighting sometimes like dragon on dragon You're fighting was, death I mean, uh, sometimes uh, okay. you can't see death. It's coming out of nowhere. What are you going to do? I, 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 listen, I shouldn't say it's corny because I don't have the last four seasons context. So, so Kevin can say that because he's watched them all. I can't. What I can say was I thought it was, I, it was just too dark and poorly shot. Okay, well, finally. I mean, the women re- come to the rescue. But people in that. love it. Yeah, thank I, God. Yeah, we talked about that. I mean, you it's look at that time. show. It's powerful women, right? Good. Well, and, you know, and bad. Like. Seriously, and bad and... women. It's great to see the women as like you know the lead characters because the problem yeah. with Game of Thrones is seasons three or four they like kill and abuse every woman they can find. So at that point, I had given up on the show because I'm like, this is completely. But that did occur back then. Okay, but it was like way over dramatized oh, for that. I didn't show. see those like, seasons. They, so. Yeah, well, keep watching. It's terrible, and you want to <laughs> abandon it. Then they finally like the women begin to. I just wonder, people get so committed and so into a show. Is it really as good as everyone says? 
Um, I think it's pretty amazing when you look at the con- look. I mean, think I look at it this way, right? Is the sheer production of that to do a period piece, mm. any show, right? The cost, the organization. Um, you know, I think the first couple of seasons were great because we talked about this. They followed the book. Mm-hmm. Um, when they get off the book, it does seem like they. I'm sure they're trying to make it up to the right. best that they can with the writer not having any real contact. Yeah. So I read like a recap, and they were saying that. It's probably why Jon Snow died and then, you know, 19 hours later... Comes back. <laughs> comes back right. because that was... By the way, I, these are like all major spoilers. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler alert. Well, no, that's that's three years that's ago. Spoiler. I mean, that's, well, whatever. If you they don't know Jon Snow is still now. alive, you don't... Yeah, too yeah. bad. Exactly. And, and by the way, at what point... So, speaking of spoilers, I went to see Endgame, Avengers yes. Endgame. Yes. Greatest movie ever made. Okay, huge weekend. And by the way, you just had the Russo brothers here. Amazing. Um, amazing here at Fox 5. And they were so nice, which is actually great because I figured I now check my email because I'm always like, okay, there's probably going to be like an, e- an email that we can't go ask for a photo. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go up anyway. So we could get a photo. I mean, listen, Kevin Kevin gave it five of five. He's obsessed with the movie. Great. I think he still ranks it third in the cinematic universe. I put this one. This and Winter Soldier and Infinity War, okay. this one and uh, Civil War, I think are the top five. For sure. By the way, all Russo, the top brothers. Four they Russo did all those. Brothers okay, movies. okay. The, uh, it, it was so well done, and and it's specs. It's it's clearly, in my opinion, best picture quality. I know the Academy won't do it because they love these movies that no one watches. Oh yeah, completely. Like. And it, totally irrelevant. It's that good. It's not just a superhero movie. It's um, there's emotion, there's relationships, there's co- I mean, he the Russo brothers did a fantastic job allowing all these characters who may only get a minute here, thirty seconds there, to still be relevant, show emotion. How they weave all the like yeah the storylines and the everything 22 together. Twenty two now I movies over eleven that. years. Um, I give him a lot of credit. It was fantastic. It well, was they could not have been nicer in real life. So now I really want to watch. I mean, three hours, and you felt honestly, you felt like it was an hour and forty-five minutes. Really? Yeah. All right, now I'm going to have to go. I might go tonight because Kevin McCarthy is hosting a screening and Q and A. Have you seen the other ones? No, I've only seen Iron Man. But I just liked you how need nice to see they a were. few. Well, go. I know. I know. There's I a really, few others you probably yeah. need. You need to see Infinity War first. I know, right? To even have context of what's happening. Yeah, you really but should. I feel like it's fine. I might just go. And yeah, then, just go. You know, I don't care. Like I, like I did upset. with Game of Thrones. Just jump yeah, in. Just jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Episode seventy three. What the hell? Just you know, watch that and then give your opinion. All right. What else? I mean, we have so much to cover. By the Obviously, way, when you say you're not a Game of Thrones fan, people look at you weird. I know. I did feel bad. I actually felt for you on that tweet. And it's funny. Recently, I've met like two or three people who are like you have not like watched the whole thing. And I'm like, how? This show is so amazing. Well, I mean, fifteen million people watch it now. Huge. Those are huge numbers. But ma- when American Idol was in its heyday, it was doing 30 plus million. Right? Well, that's just no, like we all and, got and it I, on cable. That, it's why, I mean, keep in mind, HBO, you know, half the country may have HBO. So yeah. then look at the percentage of people who I know. have the potential to watch it. It's massive. It's a right. massive number. No doubt about it. And keep in mind, people are watching it two, three, four times on multiple platforms. Sure, sure. So it's widely successful. I'm not even, I'm not suggesting it's not. But there's like there's big audiences out there, and that goes back to broadcasting. You know, you know when Idol and 
you know, oh Grey's God, yeah. Anatomy and ER, like some of these shows, they were doing 20, 30 million every I know. week. Do you think we'll even see another cable show do 30 million? Although we do, we see it with the Super Bowl. I mean, how many people oh, tune into the Super Bowl? A hundred, well, Isn't I mean, it a hundred million they claim. Yeah, but that's, I mean, no one's watching the Super Bowl alone for the most part, so there's parties. Yeah, right, I right, mean, right, it's right. really so estimated like 250 million, 200 million plus are actually watching the game. That is bananas. Yeah. That is bananas. Yeah. Um, well, it was a huge weekend. What else have you got going on? I mean, do we need to rant about anything else? Uh, I'm going to Jazz Fest New Orleans for the first time ever tomorrow. Oh, my God. You're going to have the best time. I'm excited. Th- I bet. Well, this is so huge. I, I was hugely excited, like pumped up and because the Rolling Stones were playing Thursday there. Oh, wow. So the real quick, the way it works is each day uh-huh. is like a at the fairgrounds. It's a set price. But because the Stones are playing, you weren't allowed to buy tickets for the Thursday. You had to buy them separately at a much higher number. Great. Okay. So buy the tickets, get them. We missed the first window and we got, they had a limited number. The second window, I was able to buy them. Two days later, Mick Jagger, heart, canceled. Oh, yeah, right, of course. Okay, all disappointed. They lower the price back down, but then they announced Fleetwood Mac <gasps> is going to replace the Stones. I mean, obviously, you're not replacing the Stones, but They're Stevie pretty Nicks, damn high, yes. Yeah, then Stevie Nicks, Nicks gets sick and she cancels is? her show. So, I Who are you going to see? Who's the, who's I mean, the there, replacement? There's, there's four, I mean, there's 400, 500 acts, but a widespread, wide, Dave Matthews, Chris Stapleton, widespread panic, um, are some of the headliners. Pitbull, but again, it's it's oh, the Pitbull. jazz fest, so it's con- it's concert music, and I mean it's going to still be fantastic. But it was like this yeah, roller coaster like, of emotion. Yeah, like Stones, no Fleetwood, Fleet- no. Yes. Have you ever seen them? By the way, Fleetwood Mac. I've I have just not. seen Stevie Nicks, who's amazing. Yeah. So oh, my God, legends, but, legends. So now I just have to drink more. Um, <laughs> you just make up for it. Yeah. Um, okay, well then, uh, we'll be back next week. We'll hear all oh about yeah, Jazz back. Fest, everything that's we'll going on. We'll hear about Jazz Fest. I hear um, that we have a sponsor now for this podcast. Like, your number, I mean, Patrick, look at you out here getting We got sponsors. a sponsor. I can't announce it yet, but we have a sponsor. Look at you. I mean, bringing in the numbers, Patrick. I, well, it's everyone. It's wow. all the podcasts. What just are mine. you doing? Are you, like, bribing people in the neighborhood? To, like, what are you doing? Giving out vouchers? Um, did you just say bribe? General manager getting bribed. I'm going to say that's an FCC Are violation. Are we giving out vouchers for people to listen? This is amazing. <laughs> a voucher. That's what we should do. Get a soup. Giving out tickets. You get a soup, a hat, and you get to listen to. <laughs> Everybody that downloads today, gift card to Cozy, ten dollars. No. Lunch on Patrick. Please, please listen. Oh my God, so funny! All right, people can follow you, Patrick GM Fox Five DC. Yeah, and for real, leave a five star review. Yeah, so just go to iTunes. It's the Polini Perspective. Hit five stars. Episode tell us what you like. 50... I mean, you're on a roll. Four. Now. You're like a legit podcaster. Like next no. thing, I'm going to come in next week. You're going to be like, oh, we've been picked we need, up by a network. We need to get to five thousand a week. Five thousand downloads a week. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No problem. But you've got to like put yourself. I'm going to put myself out there. Okay, we say this all the time, and you're not because By people way, are going to give us I'm so much hate. I still have not been invited to your podcast. Well, come on! Oh my God, here's my thing though. What are we going to talk Everything. about? Everything. Your podcast will be different. We are so inappropriate. Have you tuned in recently? We are so inappropriate. Listen, it, it, we were talking about not putting garlic in your vagina last week. Do okay. you want to come well, on? Well, that's <laughs> a little extreme. Can we avoid that topic when I come on? No, this is like what my audience wants to hear. Who am I going to send this to? Victoria and Claudia, they're going to like lose their minds when I go, oh, hey, Patrick was on. Is this approved? They're going to be like, yeah, what? Yeah, that won't get approved. <laughs> um, okay, so 
I gotta do like a one-off. No, no, but no. Then we could do it. It's just I won't comment on talk? that. Okay. Like I'm not gonna talk okay, about. So our guest today is gonna skip all these. No, topics. he's gonna skip the vagina. Gar- gar- what was it? Garlic. garlic. There was a big warning on Twitter that they were saying women do not put garlic in your vagina. Women have been doing this as a home remedy. Yes, this, I'm dead serious. For what? Google this when you're in New Orleans, not at work. But, so women in oh, New Orleans like are putting every, garlic in their vagina? <laughs> oh, what? I'm saying to you. Well, you no, so I'm asking Google. why were people doing this? Um, basically, like, for vagina, so-called, like, health for your vagina, like, yeast infections, all this stuff. They're like, it is not a cure for anything. Like, if you're having any sort of issue down there, you need to be going to the OBGYN. Okay. Okay? See, I just participated in the vagina-garlic conversation. <laughs> is that a problem? I don't know. Are you going to, like... It was a medical conversation. I didn't... Gonna, uh, Unless, you know, we drink on our show. So what am I going to do? Ply you with drinks and then... uh, This is like a recipe for disaster. I know how to control myself. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I can't wait. Well, look, you... Anytime you want to come. You want to come next week? I need to be on your podcast. Well, you definitely should because then we would be promoting you. Cross-promoting. I mean, my audience is pretty liberal, though. I'm kind of nervous. I'll be fine. Okay, great. Then they're going to tune into the Polini perspective and be like, what is going on? What is this crazy loon? I'm telling you. Yeah, they're going to want to debate you. That's fine. Let's go. Do oh you take God. questions? Do you take call-ins? Mm, we usually, we do, every Monday we do this thing called pineapple mail. We have this little pineapple mailbox and it's oh, all cool. people's e- like DMs, all right, I'm coming emails. Up. Oh my God. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I can't even tell you the advice that people write in. It's so inappropriate. Uh, okay. I'm a big boy. I you're mean... going oh, to talk like for two seconds. No. Well... <laughs> no, no. I'll wait. Yeah, well... Okay. All right. Do we'll be see. On the Hey Fresh podcast. All right, Patrick, all right. we'll see you next week. Bye.